Hello, and welcome to Fighting Over the VCR, the podcast where my brother and I talk about movies we watched growing up together. My name is Nancy. My name is Matthew. And in this week's episode, we decided to look at some fun summer movies. Um, one is a little more fun than the other. Um, and the other, one of them kicked off um, a franchise, and that movie is Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, later in the podcast, I will also be talking about a Harrison Ford movie, um, the spooky movie What Lies Beneath. But Matt's going to get Ar- us started. Arguably, arguably spooky. Well, we'll get there. <laughs> so I'm very excited to talk about Raiders of the Lost Ark. Of the, like, I'd say of the, like, series of movies that I grew up watching um, between Star Wars, Back to the Future, um, Jurassic Sup- Park. Superman. Eh, not as much Superman, but um, I would say that the, like if you were talking like the big three, it would be like Star Wars, Back to the Future, and the Indiana Jones series, which got kicked off in 1981 with Raiders of the Lost Ark. It wasn't called Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark, as you would find it on... IMDb and other sources now. It was just Raiders of the Lost Ark, which had added some mystery to it, I think, when it came out. Um, I did not see this in the theater. Um, um, I was you were too. Like, I was too. <laughs> um, and parts of this would have scared the bejesus out of me because bejesus is a fun word to say, so I chose bejesus. Yeah. Um, anyway, it is our introduction to the adventures of Indiana Jones, played by Harrison Ford, also known throughout the movies as Dr. Jones, or Indy, which is how we named one of our cats. <laughs> we named him Indy, because um, he had, when we got him, he had kind of like this look of adventure on him, I guess. <laughs> So, and um, this movie was directed, um, and I believe every movie in the series has been directed by Steven Spielberg and has some very Steven Spielberg-esque kind of attributes on it. But Mm -hmm. the unique, the other great thing about this is this is also was created by George Lucas. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you've got the worlds of Star Wars and Jaws coming together to um, make this adventure series. Which um, surrounds ourselves with Dr. Jones, and um, he is an archaeologist. And his goal is to find artifacts around the world that he can put in a museum. And in this movie, it starts off with him going after one of those artifacts, which is probably one of the most iconic introductions to a character that you've seen. Um, This is where you get the famous... Um, him running with the giant bolt, like ball, like stone ball, chasing him, <laughs> and uh, which I feel like Goonies stole something like that, right? I think every tons of movies, The Simpsons, lots of homages to this. Mm-hmm. Um, it has really kind of planted itself in f- movie history. This movie. <laughs> One of the things that I, re- I think is really fun about this movie is it takes place in 1936. So we're seeing, 
you know, it's not it's not a mod. It's not like they did a modern like 80s kind of adventurer. This is all, you know, it's also got kind of a nostalgia aspect of it, too. And um, the main story or revolving around the arc, you know, the lost arc is they're talking about the Ark of the Covenant, which is this like golden treasure chest, basically, that supposedly held the original stone tablets of the Ten Commandments. It's been buried somewhere in Egypt, and Hitler, who has a who is obsessed with the occult, has decided to go for finding the Ark because he thinks that'll be a source of his of his power. We don't actually see Hitler in this movie, but we see a lot of German, you know, a bunch of Nazis. Yeah, and that's who. Um, Dr. Jones is kind of going against in this movie. So and, is Steven uh, Spielberg, let's be honest. He likes to Steven he, a lot of World War II themed movies, which we talked about a few weeks ago when we talked about Empire of the Sun. He definitely likes this time period. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, um, it, it, um, I think it's because it's such an interesting time period to kind of talk about. A lot of stuff kind of revolving around... World War Two, you can do things because you can do things internationally. You can go like, you know, you can go to Egypt and do this movie, and the Nazis are there. I mean, yeah. you could, you really can kind of, you know, go all around. And in some parts of this movie, also kind of have a like old adventure movie kind of feel, like mm-hmm. almost kind of like an Errol Flynn kind of feel or Sinbad. An old kind of adventure, older, early, when I say older, I mean early age filmed, you know, kind of feel, mm. basically kind of a feel like the movies that Lucas and Spielberg grew up watching. Mm. And George Lucas and a lot of directors are very, very commonly reflect back on movies that they grew up watching and influence their their storytelling and their style. So ultimately, you know, we you get a... You know, this movie has a lot of funny aspects to it. There's some joke, you know, some jokes going on. It's you've definitely got some suspense, you know, you know, just from the very beginning when you Mm -hmm. have the huge chase. Getting the golden idol. Getting getting out of the idol or getting out of the the little temple that's holding the idol. And it really sets like a really great tone for the movie and then the franchise. And um, I saw this movie pretty young. I was probably, you know, five or six when I saw this movie on TV or something. And, I don't and, think we uh, ever had a copy of it. We didn't. We didn't. I saw it somewhere on TV. Um, it was on a lot. I remember it, like, being on frequently. But... Um, you know, there's definitely kind of an iconic look to him that's very much like um, it's very reminiscent. And there's probably some sort of influence back and forth of the Atari video game Pitfall, <laughs> even to the point where there's snakes in it. Yeah. You know, but, but he's got like the he's got what like the fedora hat and a whip yeah. and like a little just a pistol. And were there alligators you know, in Pitfall also? Uh, I think there were. Yeah. 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 So, so I mean, this movie is, 
not just influenced by a lot of things, probably from from where Spielberg and Lucas are drawing from, but after it came out, became very influential on so many movies that have come out since. Um, and um, I just, I just love these movies. They're just. Yeah. They're a lot of fun. They have scares. They have romance. They have, you know, great action. And I um, I just really enjoy them. Now, I mentioned that it's, this is the, the introduction, the first in the series. The uh, second movie is called Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, which is a little scarier. I've just never because seen it. Maybe we'll have to watch it someday. But basically, one of the things that is very scary about it is um, it involves enslaving children. Awesome. In, I know Data's in, in it, right? Or Data uh, from... Yeah. Yes, from Goonies. Yeah. Yes. Yes, the actor who played Data, whose name I can't remember off the top of my head, he's in it. Um, he plays Short Round, is his name in, in the movie. And... Um, also, the uh, the um, female love interest in that movie is um, ended up being Steven Spielberg's wife for a little while. Oh, so that's how they met. But um, in and then the the third installment, which um, was saw very the successful, I saw that saw in the, in the theater. theater. I saw in the theater with mom. Maybe mom all three of me. us went together then. No, just me and mom. What year did it come out? Eighty nine. I was probably with you. Nah, I don't think you were. I think that was a mom and me date. Whatever. I know I saw it in the theater, <laughs> and I'm fairly certain I was there, too, even though you want to block me out of your, your childhood memory. Anyways. Whatever. Um, that and, that um, movie I remember more. Th- and that Connery. is Indiana... Yeah, that's Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Um, Nazis, again, were the villain in, in that one. And you do see a, a, a Hitler stand-in in that one. And then, um, and they have a, years, yeah, years later, they decided to make a fourth one that takes place in the fifties, um, called Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull, Indiana or Kingdom Jones, of the Crystal Stone, Indiana Jones Kingdom of the Crystal and Skull. the Stupid Shia LaBeouf is what it should have been called. I hated that movie. I hate Shia LaBeouf. I just couldn't. I can't, I can't about, I want to erase ever seeing that movie from my memory. It's not great. No. It's not great. No. It doesn't really hold up to the other movies. Yeah. It's in a class of its own. And then there was also a television show called um, Young Indiana Jones, which I have not watched, but I I really kind of want to. That is about Indiana Jones as a kid. Not like... Like, probably, like, older teenager. Wasn't River Phoenix yeah. in it? No. River Phoenix played young Indiana Jones at the beginning of Last Crusade. Okay. And th- he was great. And, okay. you know, that's much when they love show for us, River Phoenix. That's when they show us why he's they get, you, get, you get some background. Yeah, you get some background on, on him a little bit. But, um, yeah. But, uh, like I said, um... I really love these movies, but let's get back to Raiders of the Lost Ark. Like I said, 1981, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Harrison Ford is Indiana Jones, um, the love interest Marion, who is revived in the fourth one, is played by Karen Allen, 
and uh, she does a really great job in this movie being kind of the she's she's very tough you know and she has this really great tough attitude that plays well against indiana jones um she reminds me of margot kidder as lois lane she has that similar very kind of yes gumption yes yes you could definitely kind of compare the two of them mm-hmm. to having you know and i think they have a slightly similar look yeah they look a lot alike they look alike but um they're both fearless they're both tough they're independent they know how yeah. to handle themselves exactly the other two recurring characters that happen throughout the series are uh Denholm Elliott plays um, Brody, who is the kind of liaison between Indiana Jones and the museum, the school museum where he's where he's teaching. And John Rhys Davies, who plays Sala, who um, people might know him from the television show Sliders. Or also he played Gimli in the Lord of the Rings movies. So, I have to see a picture of him in those movies. Uh, well, in Lord of the Rings, you would not really recognize him because he's like almost a hundred percent in makeup. Oh, um, but he looks just like he does in the television show Sliders, um, and they make appearances in um, Last Crusade. Yeah, there's just <laughs> you know, it's really hard to talk about this movie. And not just want to talk about every single scene in this movie. <laughs> just because, like, there's so many cool things that they do in it. And then there's, like, funny lines that you want to quote that have been quoted throughout throughout the years. You know, like, um, for example, when they're about to go to the market in Cairo. And she's got, like, the little monkey on on her shoulder and they're walking into the st- in there and and it always goes in my head like especially the way Harrison Ford says it he go, he offers her a date mm. you know to eat mm-hmm. he goes you want a date he, he goes would you like one and she's like what is it he goes it's a date you eat them <laughs> it's just the way he says it yeah he is very, is great. very funny in this in this movie i um i've only seen this movie maybe 3 times um, blasphemy and I haven't blasphemy s- and I hadn't seen it in um, well Jack and I I think I'd fallen asleep which you know no shock for any or any movie I ever watched in the last 10 15 years um, he he Jack is a big fan of this series and he has like the whole four disc set and um, so oh, yeah. I, I watched his blu-ray today so I've only seen it a little bit. Like, I haven't... I, I don't remember tons of it. I mean, I, I kept trying to remember, is this the movie where they drink out of the cups? Or is that a, or is that Last Crusade? And then when we got to the end, it's like, oh, yeah, that's Last Crusade when he gra- has to <laughs> select which cup he wants to drink out of. But I knew this was the face-melting movie. So... Yes. But I'd forgotten all the things that led up to where how that happened. Um, like being in the gigantic snake pit? Yeah, I don't think I'd remembered that. I think I knew that this was the movie that had the rolling ball that he had to run away from. But this movie's great. This movie, there's not a, there's not really anything negative you can say about this movie. I mean, it's incredibly well paced. I mean, John Williams is the man. I mean, oh yeah, the, the music score in this is amazing. Is one 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 critique, I, and, and you know, now that we've been doing the podcast and we're probably a little more analytical of certain. Mm-hmm 
things. Um, I did feel like notice how like the love theme that John Williams has for for Marion and Indy sounds like Star is, Wars. Sounds just like the love theme between um, Han and Leia. Yeah. Just with like a couple different beats yep. in it. Yep. And um, duh, same guy. Yeah. Same same actor. I mean, maybe maybe. What if you were Harrison Ford and like whenever you were having like a romantic um, encounter with is is he still married to um, the Ally McBeal chick? I think he Calista is. Calista Flockhart. Yeah. Flockhart. Yes. Yeah. They're still married, right? Do you think like whenever they're having a romantic moment, he just like is he like is it a Han Solo night? Or is it an Indiana Jones night? Yeah. Which music should uh, I play? I don't you know. You don't think so? I don't know. You don't think so? But I but doesn't I, get that weird. But I mean I wonder <laughs> if, you know, anytime either of them says I love you, the other one replies, I know. I mean, it just would be very awkward. Maybe maybe what he does is he goes to the bathroom and he chooses either the hat or the vest and that's what he comes <laughs> out in. And then the music just starts playing. <laughs> Very strange, but um, as maybe that's maybe that's just how he rolls. Everyone's yeah. got the things that they love. Come yeah. on. So, so, <laughs> so I watched this movie today, not thinking about like how did I re- react to it when I first saw it? Because honestly, it's been so many years since I've seen this that I kind of went into it thinking, eh, let's let's think of it as like my first time. And I mean, it, it's so you're not. It wasn't your first time, right? No, I told you. Like, you're not just making, you're not just making that up. No, I told you, I've seen it. I probably saw it twice as, you know, twice in, like, from the 80s and 90s. Yeah, before Jack. And we attempted to watch it once, and I fell asleep. And now I was awake through the whole thing today. So, yay. Um, (laughs) But I think, I thought it was really, I thought it was really great. It was a lot of fun. It's very well-paced. It's, um... It's fun to see them kind of traipsing around the world looking for treasure. And, and then, of course, you know, the whole timing, if this is 36, this is before, you know, the United States was involved in World War II. So, I mean, but I mean, I was just thinking about like the when they showed the drawings of what the art could do, it was like, oh, my God, what how many people could Hitler instantly kill if he had this device and just how scary it would be? Um so the research I've done for this movie was talking to Jack, and one funny story he told me he'd heard about this. Um, you know, I'd mentioned I'm like, oh, I love the scene where the machete wielding guy is like going on and on and on and on and on, and then oh, all oh, Indy yes, does is yes. pull out his gun and just shoot him. Yeah. Well, Jack told he was sick. That's right. He said he, he told me sick. that like everyone in the cast except Spielberg was fighting food poisoning for those like two or three day shoots and it was going to be this long. It was hot. hot. Yeah. It was really hot. And they just, and Harrison Ford is like, can't I just shoot him? Let's let let me just (laughs) shoot him. And, and it's so much more funny that way. I mean, it's just hilarious to watch this. It was a better, it was a better, it made it a better like scene. Well, yeah. Because to have like this big old like sword fight would have been really kind of out of character for any, for Indy. Whereas, just based on how he is with all these people, he always like he's trying to use his brain. Yeah, like, that's he's the not other in thing. the mood is to show smart, off. He, he's, he's not. Get, he doesn't he's necessarily. 
Well, and he doesn't necessarily do dumb things, which no. I think is really fun about watching his character. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes he does things that are in the moment, but there's a myth- there's a a mythology. Uh, he's methodical about yeah. what he is doing. Yeah. You know he. You know, there's a scene where he discovers where the ark is, where the well, where the the well of souls is, so he can start digging for that. And at that time, he goes into a tent, and and Marion had been kidnapped, and he finds her. Yeah. And he immediately is like. Wait. I can't save you. Yeah. I can't save you right now. And she's like, what the hell are you doing? Get me out of here. And she's like, and he's like, if I save you, they're going to notice you're gone yeah. and they're just going to start, come, start looking for yeah. us and we're going to be screwed. And then they're going to find the Ark of the Covenant before we can. Yeah. So, no, I mean, but yes, that scene with, with the, when he shoots him is so, so great funny. and it just so happens. I mean, and, and there's lots of, like, little things. Like, just, just the opening of the movie. You know, the movie was put out by Paramount, which has the logo of the mountain, uh-huh. right? And then they show that, and then when the, that fades away, behind it is a mountain in South America. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, and they do little that. little things like yeah. that, well, which, you know, well, good one, movie making. One great thing that it did at the very, very end, and I mentioned to Jack, I'm like, oh, I've seen this before was when they had crated up the Ark and moved it into this gigantic storage room. I said to Jack, I'm like, this is like the X-Files. And then he said tons of tons of other things have copied this. You know, just the idea that, you know, there's this big government storage locker of all these very important things. Because, you know, he he was like, well, what's being done with it? What's being Oh, we've got our top men working on it. Oh, yeah. Our top guys. It's like, no. And I and I said to him, I was like, this is so great because it clearly sets it up for a sequel. I mean, if you see this enormous storage of all of these artifacts, it's like, well, duh, of course there's going to be other ones in the future that um, he's going to be tasked to go find. So it was well, a great they, way to well, end they, it. And then they, oh, and then they reference that in the fourth one, mm. in the beginning of the fourth one, um, he is going after some other thing, and he goes to that warehouse in area fifty, and they say it's in area fifty one, mm. um, where um, they've got, you know, which is famous. Which is famous for keeping secrets and aliens and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. They actually show that box, like mm. as they're going through that warehouse. Yeah. So I mean, it's and um, but when they made the moot, when they made Raiders, you know that scene is just a big map painting, mm. you know, with all the with all the crates because they didn't have digital effects really then. Yeah. So it's really just this really detailed map painting that they just kind of film the one guy kind of carting it off to the side and in mm-hmm. that but um uh I'm but a, yeah that's that's pretty cool yeah. but yeah i think that i think i think of the scary scenes in this movie so in the beginning there's like a suspenseful kind of scary scene where the gentleman played by alfred Molina satipo kind of tries to double cross him when he's getting the idol and then all of a sudden you see him and he's got like he he got he fell into a booby trap. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's that. There's the snake pit scene, which is funny because you find out early on in the movie that Indy is afraid of snakes. And then he finds the Well of Souls, which is 
giant, you know, where the Ark is, but it is the whole floor is snakes, and that's where you get the whole f- the very famous snakes. Why did it have to be snakes? Yeah. Line. And then probably the scariest scene in the movie is at the end when they the Nazis decide to open the Ark, and these kind of ghosts start <laughs> flying out it of felt it. Very poltergeist. <laughs> it was very poltergeist. Mm-hmm. Similar effect. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, Spielberg could have used the sim- same footage for both. I mean, <laughs> as far as we know. And then, as illustrated in the drawing that you see at the beginning of the movie, lightning and fire start shooting out of the arc, like blowing giant holes through all the Nazis, and then literally melting the two Nazi guys <laughs> into just weird juice. Yeah. I mean, it looked like it was the it was like if you had a wax doll of a Nazi and then just put a like put it on top of a fire and then the wax just melted. That's what it looked like. Or remember those like magic candles where there was something inside so you could take like a skull like a really detailed skull and then like dip right, it right. in a candle and then melt and then like light the candle and it melts and then it melts away to just the, the bones. Yeah. Yes. That, yes. And then Belloc, the, uh, his, his foe, his French foe, uh, who always seems to, I think his line is you've proven once again that whatever you can, you can, whatever you can have, I can take right away. Yeah. I can take away from you. But um, and then he just explodes. He's just like ah, and he just explodes. And you're just like, what the hell? I made <laughs> this is not a kids movie. <laughs> I made Jack laugh today because I said and I was like, I wonder if he's gonna like remain this foe that he deals with in all these other movies because I couldn't remember who who else. I mean, I haven't seen Temple of Doom and ha- and I don't really remember Last Crusade. You don't remember and you don't remember him exploding at no, the end of this. No, I movie. remember. I remember the Russian with the with the black hat and the black trench coat. I remember him distinctly, his face melting, but I didn't remember all the other people melting and exploding. But so my favorite scene, I'm just going to jump in. I think my favorite scene is um, when we're reintroduced to um, Indiana Jones and Marion, like in the bar Mm -hmm. in Nepal. And she's very mad at him and then she kicks him out. But then the Germans come and then he comes and saves her. And when she's having the uh, when she's having the amazing drinking contest. So good. (laughs) She can drink anyone under the table. So that's my favorite. Little Marion. That's my favorite scene, and I mean, duh, Harrison Ford's my favorite character. It's kind of hard not. I mean, we we talk about this all the time. We talk about it all the time, where like famous characters are just really hard to not like. Yeah. In in these movies, I think my favorite character besides Indiana Jones, I'm gonna I'm gonna go as far as saying besides Indiana Jones, is. Is Marion? Yeah, she's I mean, great. She's just she's just fun to watch. She and she puts him in his place mm-hmm. as much as she can. Um, but uh, um, then I think one of my favorite scenes is man. I like so much of this movie. It's so it's so hard. Um, I do really like 
like my favorite. Well, let's just say this. Let's pick. I'm going to pick a scene with her that I okay. really like. the the scene The scene with her um, that you have picked, where she's in the bar, is great. But I also like the scene when she's having the drinking contest with Belloc. Oh yeah, um, that's a that's well, a really and, good and of scene. course they'd already foreshadowed early on that she can win, she can beat anybody at this game. So drink, when yes. he took the bottle, I was like, oh, I know where this is going. <laughs> yeah. Um, to now, I know I corrected you by saying Belloc explodes at the end of this movie, mm. but there, but one interesting thing that they did when they made the second one was you'd think like, okay, everything is going to be chronological from here. Cause it says at the beginning of Raiders that it's, um, South America, 1936. So you clearly know that, but what they did for temple of doom is that actually takes place a year earlier mm. than Raiders. So to your point, Belloc could have still been oh. the person that he's always battling. Is he in temple but, of doom? But he's not in trouble. Oh, okay. So, opportunity lost, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So that's probably my favorite Marion scene. I also really like. I think my favorite scene also with the two of them is the scene after they've gotten onto the pirate ship. Um, the not the not swashbuckling pirates, the but the here? the yes is is when she's trying to help him. Yeah. And she's like, well, God damn it, is there anywhere it doesn't hurt? And he's like, here and elbow. here and then on his mouth. And I'm like, dude, go lower. <laughs> <laughs> but missed it's Spielberg. He's not he's not going. He, uh, missed opportunities again. Right. Well, the, like the, the dirtiest he gets is um, when Marion is putting on is changing into the dress and um the fr- Belloc, Belloc has the mirror, and and all we see is her back. So it's not like it's uh, yeah, Spielberg. Come yeah. on, was this PG? No, had to be um, right. R- Raiders. It was rated PG, <clears throat> and um, which is f- interesting because I didn't think the PG rating had, or maybe it's PG thirteen hadn't come out till later. Jack will tell um, you, P- Temple of Doom is what prompted PG thirteen into existence. But it's but it's funny. Well, but it must have been after because it is rated PG. So I think what probably happened was it was like you can't show, you know, kids in bars and kids being slaves. And this has this can't be rated PG because you're going to have kids going to this movie freaking out. And, you know, Temple of Doom is pretty freaky. So, yeah, um, I I, I mean, I can't comment on it. I don't know. It's you know what it is, is it's also dark. It's got kind of a darker tone. Mm. So that's what makes it more more creepy, but still fun. So anyway, um, like I said, I really enjoy this movie and I'm very lucky because my wife loves these movies (laughs) and um you know so her and I can put these on at any time and just sit there and and enjoy it and it was a lot of fun to watch Raiders again um I've I probably watch this movie once a year wow you know I mean like I said those three those three series Star Wars, Back to the Future, and Indiana Jones. 
they get regular airtime in my household. So, because um, Back to the Future is my wife's all-time favorite yep. series, and uh, which is great. And we'll talk about that in the future. Or is it the past? I don't know. Back to time, time travel is so confusing. And with quarantine, <laughs> time does not feel like anything right now. It's hard to tell the days, uh, days from each other. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> so, anyway. But, um, you know, Harrison Ford has uh, been in a ton of movies. And, uh, you know, if it wasn't for George Lucas kind of really kind of pushing him out, you know, he tried acting and he was a carpenter and everything. And then Star Wars happened and then he finally kind of he got this gig with Indiana Jones and then really his career launched into the stratosphere to become one of the biggest um, stars of our lives, you know, growing up. Lots of blockbusters. Yeah. And then he did this movie called What Lies Beneath. And Nancy's going to Nancy's going to talk about that. Yeah. So why did I pick this movie? Well, let let me just let me Let me, let me just talk. Okay, I'm gonna let you talk. I just want I just wanted to know when you um when you saw this like first. Like, okay. Did you see it in the theater? Yes. So this movie came out in 2000, and I definitely saw it in the theater. And I probably watched it one more time after that, probably like right when it came out on DVD. But I haven't seen this movie in probably 18, 19 years. So I'd only seen it those two times. But I remember being so struck when I saw it as. Oh, my God. Is this the first and only time we'll ever see Harrison Ford as a bad guy? Like, there's something... Okay. Well, calm down. (laughs) Calm down. Um, I mean, because you don't know for a while that he's a bad guy. But I thought that was always so interesting. And it has Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh, my God. Calm down, Matt. So, so again, because he's always a hero. He's a hero in everything. So, okay, they're pushing him outside of his comfort zone a little bit. He's doing something different. He's a bad guy in this. He plays um, a research doctor of some sorts, works for a... Um, they're in Vermont. They have a really beautiful house on a lake. And um, she is a former um, cellist, and her daughter is moving away to college, like, in the first few minutes of the movie. So she, Michelle Pfeiffer is married to Harrison Ford's character, Norman and... Uh, Norman Spencer. Claire. Um, Claire. It's a family name. <laughs> it's a family name. Yes, from <laughs> Breakfast Club. Um, I feel like... Well, first off, um, Robert Zemeckis directed it. And he really was trying to do, like, an homage to Hitchcock films. But this movie is two hours and ten minutes, easily 40 minutes too long. We were just talking about a movie that had amazing pacing, that had so much that happened in it. And this movie, re-watching it, I was bored to tears. I was so bored. And I don't think it's simply... I've seen it once, so I know how it ends, so there's no real mystery or suspense. I think it was just, there was so much time wasted on stupid things. The biggest, the biggest initial problem is the whole misdirect with the neighbor. 
who gives a shit? Like, it sets up that she now has a reason to be kind of spooked, and she kind of gets to do... Uh, so Michelle Pfeiffer is home alone basically all day, because Harrison Ford is at the lab. He's researching this... Um, chloroform-like agent that paralyzes your victim for five minutes at a time or whatever. Um, but they're completely aware of what's going on. It just uh, paralyzes them physically. Yeah, yeah, you're just, you just, and you can breathe. It's not paralyzing your respiratory system. It just, you can't move your arms and legs. Um, anyways, there ends up being this, like, insane misdirect where she is paying a lot of attention to her neighbor who she thinks, you know, James Remar, the neighbor, has, like, murdered the the wife, and she, like, goes over to the wife, like, early on because she hears her so upset. It's all dumb. It's all this big waste <laughs> of time. And, like, there's a scene where after she had either talked to the wife, like, you know, her the wife, the neighbor, like, pops her eye in the, in the fence eye hole, and it's like, oh, you know, it's supposed to make you scared. You know, she goes back to her house and like the door mysteriously opens on its own. Hmm. So then there's like all these weird, spooky, ghosty things happening in her house and it's making her crazy. And because Norman is away at the research lab all the time, he doesn't really want to hear about it. Um, and she's telling him and he's kind of gaslighting her a little bit, like trying to make her think, you're, you're just imagining it or it's not that big a deal or whatever. And it's just kind of adding, it's just getting bigger and bigger. Um, but all of that stuff, it was just too long and too hokey. And I'm just going to cut to the chase and tell you when I, before I started watching it today, I was convinced because I love her so much. One of my initial, like, female icons in my life, like, Michelle Pfeiffer, I was like, she's going to be my favorite character in this movie. No. Cooper the dog is my favorite character. <laughs> um, Cooper the dog was my favorite character because this movie was just so... It was too long. 40, easily 40 minutes too long. All of, the, all of the spooky shit that she was seeing in the house, like, they could have sped all that up. And then, you know, it, it, it moved... Once she's discovered, like, who is the ghost that's haunting her? Who is this person? Once she's done, like, her little, you know, murder-she-wrote investigation and figures out that it was this one missing girl and actually, like, goes and visits the, the mom of the missing girl and, like steals like this lock of braided hair because you know all of us young women happen to have a piece of braided hair hanging in our in our bedroom somewhere to be stolen um once she's like starts holding on to that and is in the house it's like she gets possessed by the ghost and it's just like this is so dumb and then when she finally pieces it all together that her husband had had an affair and then maybe had something to do with her disappearance Instead of waiting to call the cops the next morning when he's going to be at the office all day, she decides to deal with this in the middle of the night, and it just, why, why, why? I was so frustrated. I had to stop and start this movie about four times, and not for long bits, but it's like, I just, it was so painful. And I mean, I'll give it credit for the Hitchcock 
um, cinematography and camera work it was doing, sure. It, it was a fine <laughs> homage for that. But in terms of the spookiness and stuff, it was like, I just wanted it to end. So, Matt... Yeah, sorry I made you... I really thought it was better than... I, I thought I, I remembered it being better than it was. And I'll just say one more thing. It came out in a time when a lot more horror movies were coming out. It's not like now. Now there's like four new horror movies coming out every single week. It's like, it's just this genre that's completely taken over. But back in the late eight, late 90s, you know, you had Blair Witch Project come out. That became like this really key spooky movie. Um, Scream, like Scream. the Scream movies. There, there, you had The Ring. Like there was something about like really kind of smart, um, I don't want to say elegant, but just horror movies or spooky movies that had more to it. So this one wanting to be like a, a, a nod to Hitchcock had that kind of um, hook, but it doesn't age well, and it was not good. I agree with everything you said, with the exception of I would rather just watch the Hitchcock movies that it was influenced sure. by. Yeah, there watch are Rear Window. So many Hitchcock movies watch that Psycho. are so good. To try and do an homage where you, I mean, they even have like the main character named Norman. I oh mean, yeah, like Norman Bates. <laughs> you know, in Harrison Ford's character. I mean, and yeah, they did some visual things that make it kind of Hitchcockian, but I mean, Spellbound. Lifeboat, The Birds, Rear Window, Vertigo, Rope. I mean, we can go on on the laundry list of amazing Hitchcock movies. The Hitchcock aspect of this movie, though, like... Now, when you said you opened your statement with, you know, not knowing who the killer was... I, I knew from the very beginning, just from the trailers, because they, they even if you look at if you do research, like they say, like, this is one of the movies that that one of the biggest fails of this movie was that it gave too much away in the oh, trailer, which I, I think is one trailers. of the which is one of the, the worst things that movies can do. As far as yeah. I'm concerned, if you're making a Hitchcock esque movie where it's like everything is surrounded in mystery, yeah. why would you do that? Um, and I knew right away it was like. Harrison Ford is going to be the bad guy in this. Mm. Somehow he's going to end up being the bad guy. Either he killed the neighbor or he was having an affair with her or hell, he could have been having an affair with the guy for all I cared. I mean, it was just everything was too obvious. So you're just almost just kind of watching it to be like, I know he's going to be the bad guy. How is he going to be the bad guy? <laughs> I don't think I had ever seen many trailers. I think I just heard because, and I'm not someone who seeks out a lot of information ahead of time. Like the only trailers I don't, I, the I don't t- either. But the only trailers I see are if I'm in the theater and I watch us. Yeah. And guess what? I figured out the other day. I was looking at you know what how many movies I've watched this year, and I have not seen a movie in the theater in 2020. The last movie I saw was Star Wars, and that was like. The end of December. Did you go to the theater yeah. this year? I don't, I don't think you um, did. I might have, but I can't remember Unless what it was. It's Star hard. Wars again. It's very hard for me to go yeah. to the theater because I have to get a babysitter. Yeah. Um, but, um, Anyways. but yeah, I mean, I mean, there's 
I don't really have anything nice to say about this movie. The dog is I great. I mean, the dog is great. I was going to, I was going to, you know, you kind of one-upped me by picking Cooper the dog. I was going to pick Caitlin the daughter because you only see her when they drop her off at college at the beginning and then you never see her again. Yeah. And, um, which was great. I also did like the scene, um, where after she confronts, um, Warren, the the male, the husband that lives next door, how they kind of make fun of her at the party, like, oh look, uh, I killed my wife. Uh." The entire part (laughs) of the story was so unnecessary. The only purpose it served was to get her unsettled, you know, to get her panicked and worried. And then it was like somehow the ghost knew, like, ooh, I can start revealing myself now. Or maybe it was just tying into the fact that now that her daughter was gone. I don't know. Like, the scene that made me the most angry was when, after she had jumped in the lake at night and seen that there was a jewelry box buried, she goes back up, like, they both, you know, she drives off, and he goes to bed, and then she real, and then, like, the next day, she realizes that that key she found is for the jewelry box. Why the hell did she have to get it in the middle of the night? Why didn't she just wait till the next day when he was going to be gone? But no, she does in the middle. And so the stupid things that people do in a horror movie really pissed me off in this. Yeah, where Indiana Jones would do smart things, they do dumb things in this movie. And and it's not Michelle Pfeiffer's fault. I mean, I like her so much, but she wasn't given a, a good script. And do you know who wrote? You know who wrote this movie? I see here it's um, Clark Gregg of the Avengers. You, yeah, Agent Coulson yep. wrote this movie. Yep. Agent Shield, and um, <sighs> I almost yeah. And then um, are you, you glad you that said, I, are you glad that we don't have to argue over this movie? Oh my god, I I was gonna I mean I was just gonna not say anything. Just be <laughs> like, oh my god, I'm not gonna argue with you with this piece of garbage. It's not mm. worth my time. Well, like one of the other things like. So Robert Zemeckis directed this. He started he he first started directing um Castaway. And then as you know in the movie Castaway with Tom Hanks, he gets stranded on an island and there's a time jump yeah. in that movie. He has to get very and, thin. And he has to get very thin. They filmed the movie this movie What Lies Beneath while he was losing weight mm. for that movie. So like they filmed all of his normal body weight scenes and then they had to film all the stuff on the island. So they had to prep all that and he had to lose weight. Zemeckis is twiddling his thumbs like I'm going to make my Hitchcock homage right now. Yeah. And hopefully I don't shit the bed while I do it. Crap, I did. Yeah. I mean, it was just not good. And also, well, he also Zemeckis... did your other favorite Tom Hanks movie. Yeah. Forest Bump. Yeah. <laughs> but no, but he also did Back to the Future. So yeah. I just ended up like making Back to the Future jokes while I was watching this. Like the scene near the end when um, Harrison Ford has, he has given Claire the paralyzing serum puts her in the bathtub and starts filling up the the tub with water so she'll drown herself and then he notices that she's wearing the necklace that Madison had and when he grabs the necklace he starts seeing a ghost of of Madison and then he he slips 
hits his head on the sink, and that's when he gets the vision for the flux capacitor, what makes time travel possible. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, just stuff like that. I was just like, oh, my God, this is just... Had you seen yeah. it? You you, I, you you saw it a long I, time ago, right? She, my wife and I watched it, I believe, or I watched it by myself. Because it was on, I was like, okay, I wanna see, I, I'll check this movie out. And I remember, like, figuring it out immediately, being completely bored, not being surprised, and just not, just being like, this is... This is not a well. It's good too movie. long. It's would, definitely too. Like long. It's over two hours. I, I mean, know. I can if, I can do over an, two hours if it's well paced. But man, if, it was if just it slow. Been, if it had been a ninety minute movie, I would I'd be more excited to watch it as a ninety minute movie just to see because how many times do you need to see the door open by itself? How many times do you need or to... Or the s- computer turn on by itself? Yeah, I mean, there were just... Ch- and, and we don't need the neighbors. We absolutely do not need the neighbors. Um, I think the friend she had, the... the um, Jody. Jody, who she does the Ouija board with. Sounds. Yeah, I think yeah. I think she's fine. I think she's kind of necessary, but... <sighs> oh, my God. the scene, But the scene, though, when after she had kind of figured out that he was cheating on her and then she goes to the to her, Jody's house and Jody's like yeah well I was out antiquing and I went to get some coffee and I saw him there with a student and it's like wait you didn't tell your best friend about the she when explains you saw what her? happened though she explained that yeah, it was but- she was going to and then she got into the accident so, and and the accident. I mean, it was a near. It was almost a fatal accident that she got. But the and, whole and reason her, she got and, in the accident and, was because she figured out that she was cheat. He was cheating yeah. on her. I don't think I would have handled it the same way Jody did. I'm sure. I don't think, I, I would have, I don't think any normal human being that has, that calls someone else a friend would handle it that way. Probably not. It was. It was just. It was dumb. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't regret picking it because it was a movie that I'd always been interested in rewatching. Because, like I said, I think because so many spooky horror movies were coming out at the time, or just spooky movies, like because that was when like M Night Shyamalan was really gaining speed, and you know he had The Sixth Sense and Signs. Like, there were a lot of really genre horror movies coming out. They were kind of riding the wa- the wave. It was. It of, absolutely was. You know. So and and maybe again because I was kind of blinded by, you know, like my deep fandom of Michelle Pfeiffer and Harrison Ford, it was like I was able to overlook the flaws when I initially saw it. But I never really rem- it didn't I didn't remember much about it other than I knew he was the bad guy and there were like spooky ghosts with water. Like that was all I really remembered. But, but there was, like, man. too many... But there was too many, like, weird things. Like, okay, you've got a ghost who is moving things in the house. It's knocking the picture over. It's opening the door. It's turning on the computer. Oh, but then you also have, like, this really bizarre scene where she's holding on to the lock of hair and gets, put like, possessed yeah. to where her eyes change color to, like, signify... I didn't signif- her uh, eyes changing color. Yeah, like, because the girl you. had green... The girl had green eyes and she has blue, so they, like, do this thing where you see her eyes change color and now she becomes, like, this, like, vixen who s- tries to seduce him and everything, and then she... F- that's when it, like, pop... Then she, like, drops the lock of hair 
it pops back go? into her head Where'd what it happened. And and then I mean and yeah, the whole scene where she like dives into the lake in the middle of the night is clearly just like, oh, I need to do something dark and Hitchcockian, so I'm just going to have this scene that's completely unnecessary because, to your point, just do it the next day when he's at work, dumbass. Yeah. And, and maybe have a friend help you. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think, you just kind of made friends with the neighbor. Have yeah. the neighbor help you, maybe? Yeah. I mean, it's just... You're, you're talking about how you were, you were thinking of Back to the Future. What I think they needed was a little assist from, like, Peter Venkman and Egon and get those guys. Oh, my God, because they make they, he makes kind of like a, a loose Ghostbusters reference. Or one of them does. Mm-hmm. One of them does. And and I was like, oh, my God, it would be so great it's if Harold Slimer. Ramis showed up. No, it, like, what if Harold Ramis came up and played the 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 guy who he calls or something like that? I mean, yeah. oh, my. Oh, well. there, there was, you know, there there really was ways that this movie could have probably been better. Yeah. Um, but I think ultimately the way it really could have been better is if it didn't exist. Just yeah. doesn't need to exist. Or, it's just not good. I it, mean, it's not. It's not the absolute worst movie in the world. But it, I it's would not, not recommend the. Pe- I would not recommend the people who are listening to this right now to watch it. Yeah, I mean, and if you've it, seen it already, I'm sorry. If you've <laughs> seen it and you like it, you're fully entitled to your opinion. We are not going to knock people who enjoy this movie. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's yeah. definitely a movie that if if we if we could have been in the editing room or handed it to a different director, what could it have been? What would it have been like? Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at IMDb and it does like this thing where it's like recommended movies that are kind of like this, mm, and it has like and and like Stir of Echoes, yeah. Stigmata, the others. I mean. I bet. The, Probably the others. I've never actually seen that. Um, probably you're probably gonna make me watch it, but no, because um, you no. no, spooky stuff. Oh, not the others. I'm I'm I'm, mix, I'm mixing that with the hours. I'm not gonna <laughs> make you watch you that. Like. I'm not. I probably won't make you watch that either. It's very girly. Thanks. Um, no, but, spooky um, is not my genre. I do. I'm not no, a big. Not spoo- I mean, you. We all remember what. Um, October was like for me. That was mm-hmm. that was intense having to watch a oh, lot of horror. And I have. I have things prepared for you for this October. Great. <laughs> Great. <laughs> and it will not and it will not be what lies beneath. <laughs> well, well, we don't need to we don't need to do that twice in a ever ever again. No. So. No. Well, this was the second time I had watched this um and I did it for I took one for the podcast team. I really did because I had remembered how much I just did not like this movie, but yeah. you you asked to watch it. We, I, I gave it a second chance, and it, and the um the the official ruling is, yeah, it's not a good not movie. not not great. I, not great. I agree. So, well, thank you everyone <laughs> for listening. Uh, again, Indiana Jones and all the Indiana Jones series are excellent. Probably high on the Harrison Ford list. I'm gonna put what lies beneath. Beneath. Below ev- everything else, <laughs> and it lies beneath yeah. a lot of his other films. Yeah. Oh, um, well. But we still love it. We still love him, though. Yeah. We still love Mr. Ford. It was, hey, at least we got to watch that, right? That was a lot of fun. Yeah. 
but uh, anyway, I want to thank everyone for listening. We have, um, I think we're going to continue doing some summary blockbustery kind of movies mm-hmm. um, for the next couple of months. Yep. Um, we're really kind of doing this a lot because of the idea that people can't go see summer blockbusters right now. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably going to change. I mean, I saw a video of people walking around casinos in Las Vegas just having a grand old time, it looked like. But, uh, Was there social distancing? Yeah. You know, well, I am about a foot away from the microphone, and that's probably about the, as much distance as some people had. Uh, I mean, it was pretty pretty crazy. I think it's just kind of shocking to see right now, <sighs> you know, as things go on. But Well, you know what? You know, I, don't, I don't mind that I'm keeping myself and everyone else safe by laying around and watching a lot of movies. I have actually come up with a project for the rest of this year – I'm going to try and watch 300 movies this year. I'm keeping a log wow. now. I had to guess. What, what 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 are you up to now? I mean, I know you knocked out like I know you knocked out like 30 of them last week because they were all going to leave Netflix or Hulu or whatever you were watching. I mean, that, that so you is tried, definitely you, you were cramming those that in. That is definitely a way I prioritize <laughs> things as if it's going to be leaving any of the online or cable on demand that helps me prioritize what to watch but no I figured out based on all the movies we've watched this year for the podcast and then movies I started logging since we've been in quarantine because I don't know how else to differentiate one day from the next it's like well may as well keep track of what movies I'm watching and then I counted it out and it's like okay yeah I think I could do 300 for the rest of (laughs) for 2020 which sounds insane and it is but it's it's an average of uh, that's not why I'm laughing that's not why I'm laughing I'm I'm laughing because it's it's, like dad it's like when, when no it's more like when was the last day I showered? Well, I showered the day I watched What Lies Beneath, so that was three days ago. Hey, so that's I'm how showering, I know. <laughs> I'm showering every day. You knocked that off. <laughs> I've made a commitment to do that, at least. <laughs> Thank you. Showering Thank every day. Um, I'm sure Jack appreciates yes. that, too. Um, <laughs> but no, I figured I could do 300 for the rest of the year, and it was it would require a movie a day, plus 16 other movies I had to squeeze in. So I could just double up a couple days and, hey, we've got weekends, we've got vacations coming up. Why not? What what else is there to do right now? Watch movies. Well, and there yeah, are... Well. And, and listeners, I am a... There's more than I want to watch that I'll ever get to kind of person. I have lots and lots of interests. So it's not like I'm spending 45 minutes flipping through the search functions to figure out what the heck am I going to watch. It's like, no, I have a ready-to-go list that I just need to pick from. So, anyways. I know everyone's so concerned about, will I have enough to watch? Don't worry, folks. No, we are, we're all set. (laughs) We're all set for the summer, at least for, for episodes, everybody. Um, we've we've got everything mapped out. Oh, yeah. We're pretty excited about a lot of the stuff that we have coming. Um, we really appreciate all of you who have taken the time to listen. Any of you who are um, going back to work, yeah, or um, getting out a little bit on your walks around wherever you go or whatever, who can pop in the podcast? We're really excited yeah. to get you some more stuff. So <laughs> thank you very much for listening. 
please, as always, rate us, follow us, ask us questions. You're part of this. We you're part of this podcast too, as far as we're concerned. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, my na- my name is Matthew. My name is Nancy. This has been fighting over the VCR. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much. <laughs>